Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Spatula Stories. Today you have me, Sumi, and we have... Hello, Tabitha <laughs> is back. I'm excited to be Woo-hoo! here. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about grief, but I also think it's important to like trigger warnings as well. Like I would probably mention suicide and there might be some like health issues that I mentioned. So if you aren't comfortable, maybe like skip to the next episode. We still love you though. So anyways, yeah. Yeah, no hard feelings. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. So um, yeah, just to start us off as usual, today our icebreaker question is, what is something that you've learned recently that blew your mind? What's that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I love this question. And uh, something that I learned recently is that something we've been told so much, both in Christian culture and secular culture, is a lie, folks. Mm. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and that is that the divorce rate in America is not 50%. It is not 50%. And so, um, that 50% that we've heard is actually a projection that was made, um, once no-fault divorces were allowed, legalized. And so it was a projection of what they thought divorce rates would actually reach, but they've never tipped 40. And mm, wow. it's yeah, generally it's closer. It's in the 30s range. And in Christian marriages, it's even less than 30. Wow. It's at maybe 27%. Um, percent. And so, uh, and then another layer to that is what we've heard a lot about second and third marriages that they also have double the amount of divorce rate. And that's not true. It it is generally Mm -hmm. higher, but it's not what we've been told. And so all this to say blew my mind. And it's also a really big encouragement that, hey, marriage does work. And Mm -hmm. so I really reaffirm like God's design for it and just, yeah, yeah, it helped kind of calm things down in my brain. I mean, I wasn't searching for it. I was just like reading and Mm -hmm. um yeah, but it, it blew my mind. It's like, this is something that we hear all the time and we hear repeated like from uh, different statisticians and different statistics people quote and incorporate and build whole like, I don't know, mm-hmm. ministries about sometimes. But yeah. The math is not right. Wow. <laughs> Numbers matter, folks. The divorce rate is not 50% and it has never reached that high. Um, but yeah, that's... Wow. Is it, did I blow your mind? Yeah, you did. That's yeah. really cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. I do think I heard something slightly similar from um, The Meaning of Marriage by, I think in his book, he mentioned something about the statistics too, mm. but I couldn't remember. I don't think it was as detailed as what Tim you just Keller. said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, my fun fact that I learned this week, or was it last week? I don't know. Was, um, I didn't realize that apparently there's some research that shows that where a woman is in her menstrual cycle can affect the effectiveness of anesthesia on her. Yeah. So like, it could be, yeah, more or less effective depending on where wow. she is, yeah, in the cycle, which was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. So what 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 happens if it's at the beginning versus? Oh yeah, the I don't know what end. point it is. Like okay. this was just someone sharing in my lab about like, and I looked it up a little bit. I didn't actually read the paper because I was kind of lazy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's all I knew. That like, but there's been research. There too. is, yeah, research into it, but it's very limited. Like a lot of these things about like research pertaining to women. Sadly, it's not as like developed i think a lot of this yeah so more research needs to be done but that's fascinating because i'm like that that's important like yeah i I actually heard something similar recently not about um the effectiveness of pain medication or Mm -hmm. and but 
Um, there's studies that a lot of pharmaceutical companies will do now, or maybe they haven't done it before, but mm -hmm. they do it more now to incorporate um, their effects, their treatment effects on women that are pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so I really love that yeah. these questions mm -hmm. are being asked because women are pregnant mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and that needs to be incorporated how we're treating patients and how mm -hmm. uh, we even think of the treatments we can give patients. Mm -hmm. So like That's we'll look true. at safety profiles, but you have to look at a safety profile of a woman that is pregnant. And so mm -hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh. Well, healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now we will segue on to the actual topic, which is grief. And so just starting off, like with the first question is like, what has your experience been with grief? You can share who you lost, how you lost the person. You can share the emotions that you like felt within the first few days, weeks, just as much or as little as you want to share about yeah, your experience with grief. Okay. Um, so I will share my story as much as I can. <laughs> um we didn't have tissues in here, and so I ran out <laughs> to the bathroom and grabbed some paper towels because I will surely need them. Um, and so I want to start off by saying um, I'm still pretty early in mm. the grief, um, the grief, what do we call it? Grief period, yeah. grief, <laughs> grief journey. Mm. As actually, that's a yeah, better way to say the grief journey. And so uh, this year... Um, in 2023, on Valentine's Day, um, mm. I lost my dad. Uh, he passed away after about three years of chronic illness. Um, and uh, yeah, so Valentine's Day will forever be different for me uh, moving forward in life, as many things will be forever different for me. Um, and uh, my dad's name was Tony. Um, and... Um, my family lives on the East Coast. I'm out here in San Francisco. Um, and yeah, he'd been dealing with three years of chronic illness. And so as much as um, we weren't completely blindsided by uh, my dad passing away, uh, it, didn't, it didn't like remove the shock of it and the pain of it and just all of it. And so um, something someone shared with me afterwards is they were... I mean, they shared uh, condolences, of course, but they were also sharing um, the relief they felt for me, and that they, they, uh, there was this this conversation of, "Do you feel relief now?" And I, as much as there was grief, there was a lot of relief as well. And so, um, chronic illness. My dad had never been ill, and he had been generally really healthy and really active. And um, out of nowhere, in 2020. Um, he had a mini stroke um, and then followed by a pretty significant one that turned into a series of like seven to nine more strokes in the matter of a few days. And so that left him with mobility issues, with memory issues, with um, just a lot, a lot of disabilities. So we went from having really active uh, semi-retired parents to um you know, shifting to caretaking and how we're going to help dad rehab and how are we going to support our mom in this. And um, this was all happening during COVID, which was a just general trauma that everyone was going through at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yet the pain that me and my family were experiencing was just, I don't know, it was a blur, to be honest, like the world was shutting down and we were on the brink of losing our dad. And he recovered significantly in that mm -hmm. first um, and that from those that first series of of health, um, yeah, 
concern. It wasn't a health concern, but really a health episode, if you will. So he had been in the hospital for a few weeks. And then because COVID, he actually ended up rehabbing at home. And we were such a big part of it, like the entire family was. And so as much as COVID was hard, it was also a blessing that we all could mm. be there for it yeah. and uh, be part of his recovery with physical therapists and, you know, home health that was coming. And it was, it was really hard. It was really dark, but God was really good even in those times. And so we knew, we knew that at some point my dad's life was going to end. Mm. And it we knew that it was going to be sooner than we would have wanted. And um, yeah. And so when looking back, uh, looking back and even throughout when people would ask me, like, how's your dad doing? Um, I would say, it's just, it seems like a really long goodbye. Mm. And um, there's pain in that, but there's also a lot of grace in that, that we were, we were given the opportunity mm-hmm. to say goodbye. Um, and um, yeah, a very long, painful goodbye, but we also, it's it was a blessing too. Mm-hmm. And so um, the last uh, few months, like six months of 2022, my dad was definitely declining physically, mentally, um, the way I had a we had I had a friend describe it once that really resonated with me is that sometimes um, as a something that a consequence of stroke can be men, um, vascular dementia, mm. and uh, where low blood flow to your brain can lead to uh, dementia symptoms. So mm. um, so vascular dementia, and uh, my dad was suffering from this, and so um, we. So the way my friend described this is that there's this separation of your soul and mind Mm. that was happening. And so, uh, and we were seeing that play out in real time. And um, yeah, and so the last six months of 2022, my dad was declining. And uh, physically, he was declining and uh, his limitations became even more severe. And then his ability, yeah, his abilities definitely decreased and um part of what we were doing as a family was trying to like tr- to workshop it like okay let's what do you need dad like what are therapies we can get you to and new medications and adjust your medications and let's visit this doctor and uh it's so interesting how we were all trying to tighten and um come together and have a solution all the while knowing that a goodbye is inevitable mm-hmm. and so we had one last christmas we did not know it was our last christmas mm-hmm. and it was painful and it was beautiful and um really really meaningful and uh yeah and it was really really meaningful and uh shortly in the new year my uh dad suffered a massive stroke in Jan- early January uh he was found unresponsive um and uh he uh then got sank into a deep coma and it mm. turned out that more than 50% of his brain had been affected oh, and he was um he never woke up and so all this time so I was already here back in San Francisco and um flew out that same night got there in the morning and was there for early conversations with his doctors basically saying there's really nothing we can do mm. uh it's too big and we're going to wait it out but it doesn't look good and so, um, yeah, and that followed by really hard uh, decisions we had to make about um, about life support and about just navigating all the all the things, the family dynamic, and you know, 
know, emotions of different people and emotions of myself and taking care of each other. And so my dad was in the hospital for six weeks mm-hmm. uh, in a coma and we made, we had to make hard decisions. And so then it led to eventually on Valentine's Day, my dad uh, passing away. And um, I got to be there uh, by his bedside. And mm-hmm. even as it was happening, it felt really surreal, mm-hmm. like to see. Yeah. I can't imagine that's crazy yeah it was really wild to wow. see to see him leave mm-hmm. it was crazy and um I'm gonna share a story mm-hmm. that of that moment and so we knew it was happening um the weekend before we um my mom and uh, um, my siblings we went to different hospices to Mm-hmm. to see where we could transfer my dad because the hospital's like, hey, he can't stay here anymore. And honestly, <laughs> I felt like every time I went to the hospital, I was like going to war, mm-hmm. uh, trying to talk wow. to the doctors and, you know, do what's best for my dad and us as a family, the family wishes and trying to incorporate what everyone wanted because big family, lots of opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like really prioritizing my dad and my mom in this. Um, and so we needed to choose a hospice and we did. Uh, and I felt like my dad never left the hospital and it really felt like it was like God sparing us from having to transfer him to a hospice and then him passing there. Big fan of hospices for people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for people out there. <laughs> uh, it's sad, but it's such a, it's such a important uh, resource if, if you need it and when you need it. Um, but yeah, seeing in the moment, like being there in the moment, I didn't even, it didn't feel real. Uh, it definitely didn't feel real. Um, but yeah, seeing like life exit his body um, was pretty wild. So I'm glad you did a give a trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even as it was happening, it didn't feel real. And um, we, all the siblings, I'm one of five siblings. And so I got on the phone that morning and uh, my mom and I had been spending days in the hospital and everyone was coming in and switching out. We were doing 12-hour um, shifts at the hospital mm-hmm. with our dad and so I was. I called my sisters. They were both at work, and uh, my elder brother came in, and I called my younger brother, um, and he was on his way, and he didn't make it in time to be there in person oh, no. for our dad's passing. So, oh. but a wild part of this is um, I was on the phone with him on speaker mm-hmm. when our dad passed, and so it almost felt like our dad was holding on until he heard Peter's voice. Oh, that's so beautiful. And within that phone call, which lasted maybe a total of 30 seconds, maybe even mm. less, maybe more, I don't know. Uh, that's when dad passed. Aww. And so, um, yeah. Uh, next, it was definitely, it was a shock, a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. There was relief in it as well that there's this like inevitable waiting that, ha- that ha- was happening. Mm. And the thing that we feared most happened. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I think you asked the next few days was a lot of planning. So mm-hmm. it was really busy planning for a funeral um, and making decisions that you hope to, you never would have had to make for someone you love. Mm-hmm. Um, like from picking out a casket to choosing outfits mm-hmm. for what your, you know, dad is going to wear. And so, um, yeah, uh, but was really meaningful was like seeing, um, supporting family but also being part of the decisions were really meaningful Mm -hmm. and choosing what the service was going to look like Mm -hmm. and um, these are things we could control Mm -hmm. and we couldn't control what had happened and the way it happened and all those things and there was like there was some healing to be able to come together and 
uh, think about what would honor our dad and honor his mm-hmm. life and honor each other in the process of that. So, um, yeah, but those first few days were, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was wild. It was wild not to go to the hospital every day. We'd been going for six weeks and mm-hmm. towards the end, I remember talking to one of my brothers and saying, I hate this hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate pulling up in the parking lot, but I also n- hate knowing that one of these days very soon, I won't be coming here anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, there was relief in not going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it was a blur. It was a blur. Um, it was, it was a blur and, uh, so much activity, but just didn't, uh, it didn't displace the heaviness of what mm-hmm. had happened, mm-hmm. like the loss of a parent, the loss of your dad. And so, um, that was, how many months has it been? <laughs> I think four months ago now. Wow. Yeah, four months ago this past week. Whoa. So very still new in mm-hmm. the grief journey, um, but definitely have experienced, I think, a good a good bit of it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Here's the sad potato. Pillow. You're going to throw the sad potato? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the sad potato. Yeah, sure. For the audience, are you going to explain the sad potato? Yeah, oh yeah, the sad potato is a pillow that Joel has that we are currently passing around. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I guess I can share. <laughs> it's so, not an actual potato, it's a pillow. Oh yeah, it's a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a spud, it's no. snuggly. <laughs> um, yeah, so what was my question? Oh yeah, so I lost my brother, my older brother, last year. It was January 8th. It was extremely unexpected. Um yeah, my, I don't know, my relationship with my brother and like his relationship with the family was definitely a rocky one. Like he, at least for the past like five years, he just, yeah, chose like a different path. And sadly, he also was diagnosed with like paranoid schizophrenia. And if you don't know what paranoid schizophrenia is, you can look it up, but it's like a mental health disorder where like the person's reality, like what they view as reality is not the real reality. And Mm. like they start to hear voices in their head. They start to believe things that aren't true. And a big portion of it is exacerbated by drugs and different things like that, like different lifestyle choices. And sadly, he did engage in some of these lifestyle choices that's like exacerbated this like paranoid schizophrenia. And that did, of course, put a like toll on my family because he started to like, he became super violent and different things like that to where it was, yeah, relationship with him was definitely tough. Um, and then January 8th, I still remember like I was dog sitting for like um, this family and it was just me and the dog in the house. And I just got a phone call from my like sister-in-law and she was like, Sumi, are you sitting down? And I'm like, I, I mean, I could <laughs> sit down if you want me to. Yeah. So yeah, so then I went to sit down and she was like, I just want you to know that your brother, Dimladi, like, I don't want to get into the specific, because she told me the specific of, of like how it happened. But either ways, she just said like he has committed suicide and like currently he is, at this point he was still like, unconscious they were trying to like see what they could do if there was anything at all they could do to revive him and I just remember yeah just being like absolutely confused because I remember the only thing I could do at that moment was I just started arranging my emails I just started like deleting old emails and like (laughs) yeah I was like you know what maybe it's like yeah I needed something I could control because I was like I don't understand like I'm just so confused because yeah anyways because I thought he was doing better after like leaving Mm -hmm. this mental health institution I thought he was just you know improving but yeah so I just stayed in the house. Different family members kept calling me up. Like they, I was like, this is not, they were like, did you see any signs? I was just like, can you just let me breathe? Like, (laughs) I just need space to like process and think. I don't need you to ask me questions about if I saw any signs about him taking his own life. I don't know. Like, just let me breathe. But yeah, so there was that. And then after like, um, 
I think it was about four hours later, she called, my sister-in-law called again. And then she said, and I remember I literally answered the phone. And I was like, did he make it? Is he alive now? And then she was like, I'm so sorry, Sumi, he did not make it. And I've never cried as hard as I cried in that moment. Like I was like wailing. I didn't know what that word meant until I was doing it. Like I was wailing. And I just remember, I think it was actually a blessing that the dog was there with me. Because I think the dog just came and like snuggled up. The dog literally looked terrified. Like what in the world is happening? I was just like crying and wailing. I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like I've never felt more shocked in my life. Because it's like one day, like the day before I like... I had my three brothers. I remember that was one of the first things I, I thought about was when people asked me, how many brothers do you have? I always just said, I have three older brothers. And now you want to tell me that now I have two? I'm so confused. And also, I guess I didn't specify. My brother was in Nigeria. So like he was there with like my mom and my oldest brother in Nigeria as well. So I didn't get to be like there when he like passed away or anything. I didn't get to... So I think to an extent, there is still like parts of me where I imagine what it was like. I, I think about it like, oh man, what did he look like as he took his last breath? Like, what did he like? Mm. Yeah, what was the environment like? Like, how was he feeling? Things like that. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, so there was that, I guess. And um, I just remember there were so many emotions mixed with everything. Sure. Of course, there was the shock of like, even till now, I think there's still always that shock. Like, I just don't, it, death is so hard to grasp, honestly. It's like, yeah, one minute yes. they're here, the, the next they are not. Like, it's just so weird. Yeah. But I also just remember like the amount of pain that's in my heart. I, I saw someone like describe it like this and I was like, I really resonate. This girl said, parts of me hurts that I didn't know I, that, that I didn't know even existed. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I, I felt like I, I remember wishing that I could just rip my chest out and just like sleep for two weeks and then come back to my <laughs> to my heart. Because <laughs> I, I, I actually kept a grief journal, which is why, it's, yeah, it really helped. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah. So yeah, I was just like, what? But even apart from that too, to also what you said, Tabitha, there was a little bit of relief. And I remember I felt really guilty initially because mm. I was like, my brother suffered so much, but there was just so much, yeah, surrounding like his life for the past like couple of years. And there was just so many ways like... Yeah, so there was just so, so much to it. But there was also like anger as well. Mm -hmm. I remember like being super angry that like, he didn't even leave a note. Like there was no goodbye. There was no like, oh, peace out. Like I, I remember I was just so upset, but I was also angry at myself as well. Like I was, because everyone, literally everyone kept asking me, which is I think, do not do this to someone who just lost someone by suicide. Don't ask them like, oh, did you see the signs? Were there any signs? It was just... I remember people get asking me and I remember it, it really like got to me because I was like, wait, should I, like, what were these signs? Like, did mm. I miss something? Like, how could I not have known? Like, this was my brother. So there was anger, there was guilt. There was just like, yeah, so much to it. But funnily, I don't know if you felt this too, but something that I felt and has actually continued with me, sadly, has been like anxiety. Like, I just felt so, I could, I, I remember that night I tried to close my eyes and I really couldn't sleep. Like I was just so scared. I was so anxious. Like every little noise like mm -hmm. jarred me awake. I remember if I heard the phone call, I would like mm -hmm. panic so much. I was like, oh, is my mom okay? Like, is she all right? Is something else happening? Even till now, actually, the like, I've noticed that I have become more of an anxious person than I used to be before. Mm -hmm. And it's even manifested in unique ways. Like now for me, actually, like being in the passenger seats of cars is actually one of, I don't know why, like <laughs> that's one area where my anxiety seems to manifest. Like I get so nervous in cars, which mm -hmm. he didn't even by, die by like a car accident or anything. But I did look it up. And yeah, a lot of people said like anxiety does associate, like it does, um, it can go with grief sometimes, but it's probably like related to, you just realizing like there's a loss of control in yeah. life and yeah, so things like that. So yeah. someone else is driving and if exactly, something goes yeah, bad, exa you can't oh, wow. do yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was it for me. Like there was just so much of that. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like those were some of the the main things I wanted to touch on at least. Do you want me to pass the sad potato back to you? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the second question I have here was, what has helped you during your grieving? Do you want me to go? Yeah, sure. I don't know if we were (laughs) (laughs) switching on and off. Um, What has helped me during my grieving? Oh, man. Um... Again, I really am still early on Mm -hmm. in this and something I've confronted, come up against and probably will for this first year for sure is there's a lot of firsts. Mm -hmm. Um, First Mm -hmm. holiday, which was Easter, um, where instead of having my dad, we had a picture of my Mm -hmm. dad. And um, then, you know, the first Mother's Day and now coming up soon, first Father's Day and all these milestones that are coming by, uh, passing by. But yeah, what has helped? Um, and uh, <laughs> I, going off of what you're sharing, Sumi, I definitely am, have a grief journal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not to even physically write. I have physically written things down. Mm-hmm. and um, But in my phone, I have a journal that I, I call, titled My Heartbreak Journal. <laughs> And it's messy and it's sad and it's sometimes just uh, verbal wails, if you will, of God, why? And trying to articulate just the depth of heartbreak and uh, of, of uh, yeah, and ache that sometimes I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely has been really cathartic. Um, and I would say in a nutshell, so, um, what else has helped is uh, community. Uh, and it changes and so, but friends, community, um, definitely, uh, journaling, processing these things through, um, and I definitely recommend therapy. Good, that was faithful, be my one. <laughs> yeah, good, faithful, faith-based, I'd mm-hmm. hi- highly recommend, yeah. uh, healthy, um, therapy. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important. Um, and I think um, something that I've experienced kind of the blessing of on this side is I I do have the really uh, amazing blessing of being part of a really good, faithful, loving community here at First SF. And I think I saw that, I've, I've been seeing that show up in ways that I never expected. Like I've been able to pour into this community and be mm-hmm. blessed by this community for the past few years. And now be the one of the people that gets to be blessed by that has mm-hmm. given me a really a really um, um, a really unique perspective, I think. And I'm anyway, yeah, definitely, definitely, church family has been a blessing, and that's been really helpful. Yeah, like after my dad passed, um, people at First SF organized like a food um, meal train, and this is. I'm living in, I'm, we're in Atlanta and I'd been gone for the past few months. Um, and I live in San Francisco and my church family is in San Francisco. And I was like, how would this even work out? And so people were like Ubering us food, sending us plants and flowers. And um, it was, it was really amazing. And it was a really good like testimony and witness to my mm-hmm. family, my extended family too. They're like, Tabitha, who are these amazing people who do not know us, but they love you <laughs> oh. so much. And even more so, they love the Lord. And that really comes through. So it's like a really big uh, testimony of just 
how God is working and how God uses people to bless others is really beautiful to the, to the point that like my own sister feels really inspired to do this. Aww. So whenever like people are ill in different mm-hmm. places that she doesn't, can't cook them up a yeah. meal and deliver it to them, she'll like Uber eats a whole thing Aww, to them. And to the point that I was not feeling so great this past week and she like Uber, wow. like Uber Aww, sent me food. It was really, really yeah. sweet. Um, so that's something that helps. And it's interesting because it's there's like this intellectual thing where like, okay, this food, okay, it's just food. Mm. But it was like, oh, God's love for me. Mm. Oh, that's right. I maybe I'm not at the place where I even know how to accept this, but I know I need to eat something. Mm. <laughs> Very Elijah in the desert for sure. <laughs> um and so thank you, ravens. Are they ravens who come and give? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. Right? It's a bird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so that was really meaningful for sure. And just Definitely have been friends before that who were just like, mm. there was a friend who sent food the day we took my dad off of life support. Mm. And so after we had finished praying and said our goodbyes, we were sitting in the hospital um, corridor just eating pasta and just crying and praying and just mm. eating pasta again. And it was, mm. um, yeah, small little comforts and just glimmers of of just the love that people were pouring out for us. And um, so that's been really helpful. Um, and I would uh, also say, um, a vein, something that I've been referring to, like a vein throughout all of this, is um, is God's comfort. And I, in the beginning of my dad's illness, um, it was a phone call. It was a text, actually, mm-hmm. that I got. So actually, when you were sharing to me about the anxiety of it, mm-hmm. um, I actually, I felt that a lot more in the beginning of dad's mm-hmm. illness, where every phone call I thought was the end. Yeah. And so is this is this the end now? Mm-hmm. So I actually got into the habit of whenever I'd answer the phone or anytime like my watch would vibrate or I felt a phone call mm-hmm. coming through, I would, instead of saying, hello, how are you? I would answer it by saying, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it for months actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's a lot to unpack in therapy. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so what also helped was kind of the relief of it. Mm. And I know I mentioned to to that before, maybe that sounds like it shouldn't be part of the conversation, Mm -hmm. but it is something my brother said after dad died was, we don't have to worry about him anymore. Mm. And um, that's, yeah, we didn't. And it was just, we had spent these past three years consumed by worrying about him, about his blood pressure and like his, his, all the, like his meals and his food and choices and Mm -hmm. all the things we were doing to try to control the outcome. And um, yeah. And David, my brother is saying, we don't have to worry about him anymore. And um, God's comfort has been really, really, I mean, it'd be, it's been miraculous too, but it's been this moment in time where, all the things, all the things I have believed now, it's a test of if I believe they're true. Mm-hmm. And um, like, do I believe that God will sustain me? Do I believe uh, and trust that God is going to give me strength? And so um, the all the pain of it, I've been filtering through this lens of, God, you were good. Bottom line, like God is good and God is good and he allowed this to happen. How do I filter my circumstances, my, this really hard thing? How do I filter that through the lens of who God's character is? And that has been so helpful for me. Sometimes it has led me to be very angry with God, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, to be 
just in utter disbelief and agony mm-hmm. towards God and the comfort of knowing that God can handle my biggest tears mm-hmm. and wails and anger and just bring it all to Him. And so I feel like right now I'm still in this constant uh, discipline of yielding my pain, yielding my grief to God, like taking it to Him. And um, yeah, uh, and so that's been really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um it's been hard, but it's been helpful. And then uh, just family. Family has been great. Um, it's been hard. As you guys know, family is hard. But um, kind of being able to come together and see the different strengths people have. That's actually something I saw. It was really beautiful is the different strengths people have in hard moments. And so as things were happening earlier this year, uh, yeah, the different strengths people had. So my younger, like one night we were, and the way God delivers truth through people was really beautiful. So we were agonizing about this decision of your worst nightmare. You have to decide if your parent is going to stay or come off mm-hmm. of life support. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so people speaking truth to my life has been really helpful. People I trust and respect and people I'm close to. And so um, a friend who dropped me off at the airport the night uh, as I was heading back to Atlanta, uh, the night after you know the big uh, massive stroke happened, he was like, Tabitha, I know that your family dynamic can be really hard. You have mm-hmm. siblings. People have big feelings, big emotions. Um, focus on unity and peace. And I was like, okay, that's good. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, so that was an example. And then as we were, you know, debate, like really going back and forth of how we, how we um, make this decision of leaving him on or taking him off, um, my younger brother, I was sitting in my parents' living room. My younger brother was on the couch and I was probably on the floor and just like agonizing over this decision. Like you feel like you have the power of life and death mm-hmm. in your hands. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, you know what, Tabitha, like God is sovereign, even over the decisions we make. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember that and have and and anchor ourselves in that, that even as we're deciding, God is sovereign in this. Mm-hmm. And so we whatever we decide, it will be according to God's will. Mm-hmm. And to me, the amount of like relief I felt in mm-hmm. that, knowing that. I am not going to be guilty of making the, be- the, 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 the wrong decision mm. um, and trying to be faithful and discerning and follow the science and be supportive for my family, but know that we have the confidence of making this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a relief. So that really helped too. And that's mm-hmm. just some, a few examples of just God really delivering truth. And so, and on the back end of what's really been helping is, um, you know, I wonder your thoughts on this, Sumi. Mm-hmm. Um, the death of a loved one is a very visible, very validated um, uh, uh, grief, a really mm-hmm. validated pain. It's a very, people around you can say, oh, you lost your brother. That's really awful. That's a deep valley. That's really mm-hmm. hard. And there's no, no one questions it. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost this wound that no one questions. Um, and so, Something that I've been discovering within maybe the past like 12 hours of being dramatic. <laughs> but recently I've been th- kind of thinking about this, that there's that permission to grieve mm-hmm. has been a, a relief in some ways. Because sometimes mm-hmm. there's things in our lives um, that you will grieve from. And we don't always receive that validation to mm-hmm. be able to grieve from it, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, you know, a job you've lost or, I don't know, something mm-hmm. plans that you've planned out that did not go yeah. through. And it's... Um, yeah, so that's that was it's been that's been helpful for me is that the external world acknowledges this big loss that I felt. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I feel like it's actually brought other 
wounds that maybe I've ignored to the surface as, as mm-hmm. I'm processing my dad, the loss of my dad, I'm now processing all these other parts of me that are broken. Mm-hmm. And so to your comment earlier, like I hurt in places I never even realized and I resonate with that a lot. And mm-hmm. so now in this opportunity of deep grief, deep grief and knowing and desiring uh, healing and of my heart and, and growth of my faith, that's really caused me to excavate a lot of my heart and a lot of patterns of brokenness in my own life that I, the world would never say, oh, that's something that's broken. But I was like, but now it's like, um, because the magnifying glass is on the loss of my dad, there's a lot of work, a lot of good work that needs to be done. And so it's created this whole like opportunity to be able to um, surrender the parts of me that need healing that maybe are not as visible to the world, like as the loss of my dad. So um, but definitely journaling, therapy, mm-hmm. family, good, good uh, people around you and uh, has been helpful. Mm. Food too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many yeah thoughts about the different yeah. things that you said. Um, like just to the last point, I do think that's true. But something I personally have struggled with like lately is... I do feel like, you know, there's that grief cycle that yes. most people, which apparently wasn't even created for grief. Like people just adapted it to grief. And oh, I think I it's really silly that. personally, the whole like <laughs> acceptance, blah, 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 Denial, anger. It's anger. so, I think it's the most ridiculous thing I in the world. I feel all of those in one moment yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and there's just no end. Like I heard someone say like this, like with grief, the timeline is there's only before you lost the person and after. And I fully agree because I don't think you ever like... I mean, like, when? Do, what day do I suddenly wake up with acceptance? Like, hmm, I lost my brother. I'm good now. Like, what? Like, who said that? Yeah. yeah, and I, I at least have started to feel that. Maybe it is just, like, self-inflicted pressure, to be fair. I don't know. Like, where it's like, okay, so it's been a year now. Like, you should, like, be okay now. Like, you should be more okay now. Like, with a couple of little things, like, immediately after my brother passed away, a lot of things changed, like, for mm. me. Like, I know I changed a lot. Like, my moods were, like up, down, left, right, like everywhere. But even apart from that, the things that I enjoyed, like I know I, like immediately after my brother pulled away, like I pulled back from YP because not even like everyone was great, but it just felt like my world just stopped and I needed everybody around me to stop. Like I, it felt like I would go out and people were just smiling and laughing and I was just like, my, I, I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so for it's example- like how dare you just go about- Exactly. Yeah. I was like my, literally sometimes I would just think about it. And even now I do it for like, Honestly, I think it's made me so much more empathetic for strangers. Like, mm. I look at a stranger and I'm like, wow, like, who knows? Like, maybe their world just stopped and I'm just out here, like, yelling and screaming. Like, I don't know. Like, so, yeah, I, things like that. I remember also music is something that, like, I just, I remember I stepped back from choir because, like, music was one of one of the things that my brother and I, like, he shared. was so passionate about music. Like, music isn't, like, my favorite thing in the world, but he loved music and he wanted to share with anyone that he could. So I remember I just couldn't listen to music because even sad music made me sad. Happy music felt, like, also rude. Yeah, exactly. Sad. It was just, like, nothing made sense. Yeah. yeah. But I remember, for example, like, a couple of months after, I decided, like, okay, I was with a friend and then I said, okay, we can play music now. And they were like, yes, finally, you can listen to music again. Mm. And see, that moment, I was like, wait, so you've just been, like, I don't know. So sometimes in my head, it's like, yeah, I feel like there's this timeline that people have where it's like, okay, it's been a year now to me. Like, get back to old to me. Or like, yeah. I've had a few people say, oh, yeah, back to yourself again. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that must not feel great. It, yeah, it doesn't feel great. Yeah, like, I, audience, don't say that yeah. to your <laughs> exactly. friends and family who are going yeah, through loss. Yeah, exactly. So those are just some of the things. But I do agree that like, especially like in the beginning, like I remember my my boss, Tiffany, like just speaking about her, she's the best. And she's just like, to me, take all the time you need. Like, mm. get away. Like, yeah, she like wrote all the cards, gave me all the food, like everything 
like she was just the sweetest but finally for me work actually really helps which yeah <laughs> I did not mention I totally agree yeah right yeah. <laughs> it's crazy but yeah it just felt nice to just do something like yeah I just I don't know if it was escapism I don't know what it was but it just felt nice to just go outside and just do something else that yes. wasn't like focusing on like this loss that I just had and everything so that was really nice um therapy times a thousand percent yeah I literally have it in my notes as therapy all caps with like seven <laughs> exclamation marks yeah it really really did help and I didn't even think it would like I remember it was like someone recommended it to me initially um and then I was like eh, I don't know like would it really help wasn't like what's that going to change oh to finally I took the person up on the offer and then I was like fine you know I'll go to therapy and yeah just it just felt nice to be able to because sometimes that was also a struggle I had was I didn't want to make everything all about me and my loss or make and other like, people uncomfortable exactly yeah people get really uncomfortable which honestly I I am like so bad with any emotions like when people are crying I'm like what do I do like <laughs> so I fully get it like when people get uncomfortable but yeah I just I didn't want to make people uncomfortable I didn't want to make them sad I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer so a lot of times even though I was really hurting I didn't want to bring it up because I'm like okay but then with therapy it's like you're here for me to like unload like trauma dump on you like yeah. you're here for me to like tell you everything and it just felt nice even like what you were saying like so many things so many other wounds that I didn't even realize were like she literally the therapist told me that she thinks I have something called or she knows I have something called complicated grief which is like if you yeah if you look it up it's like it's just like there are more layers there are just so many layers to mm. your grief as well from like childhood wounds and like things with parents and there was just so much to it and it just felt nice for her to help me like unpack some of these things and be like oh yeah that's what I'm feeling like that's the emotion I'm feeling towards my brother or like so so many things yeah. so yeah therapy was absolutely absolutely amazing um like you said friends there were there are definitely things people said that I wish they didn't say or like hurt that yeah there were there was you know there yes. were both sides but then there were definitely good like good moments as well like even right now Tabitha I'm thinking about you in particular like I didn't get to be at my brother's funeral sadly because visa issues added a whole other layer as well to like it because I couldn't go back to Nigeria because if I went back I wouldn't have been able to come back and even that added as well some guilt to already mm. the guilt that I was feeling because I'm like, I'm choosing my career over my brother, like being there with him for it. it. Yeah, it was a whole other layer. But I remember Tabitha, like you stayed up with me to like watch my brother's funeral. That was 4 a.m. like here. Yeah. And we watched it over Zoom and it was just absolutely beautiful. You see Tabitha like groggy and like waking up at 4 a.m. <laughs> to watch it with me. So yeah, so friends, of course, played like a huge role in that. Um, what else really helped? Um, yeah... I already mentioned this as well, or yeah, like escapism, just doing things. Like I, I just started to like work towards random goals. Like I remember I just decided, you know what? I'm going to save up money to buy myself an Apple watch. And that just became like a random goal that I had to <laughs> get me going. Cause most days I was like, honestly, I felt a little hopeless. I'm like, what is the point of all of this? Like if yes. this is how it all it's ends. It's all ending. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what is the point of this? Like what? I mean, we're laughing, but yes, <laughs> <truly>. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but then it just felt good to have a goal that I was working towards. Like, so even as, it was literally as stupid as buying myself an Apple watch, but I'm like, okay, I'm saving up money for this. This is a goal that I have three months from now. I'll have this watch. Yeah. Mm. Things like that. Um, yeah. So you actually mentioned as well, like the, for me, like, the whole God, yeah, it it was such a challenge initially because I was like, God, I don't get it. It's like, yeah, kind of like what you said, like, I just, I don't understand how this can be good because 
Christians also are very quick to say all things work together for good. And I'm like, I have not said that, by the way. That's something yeah. I, I <laughs> because it's such a big statement it that is. we cannot use it yeah. cavalierly. And I really think there's a time for like, even if you do say it to someone, I do feel like you shouldn't tell, like not the week after, not the, like, I really think like use wisdom with like how you say these things because yeah. yeah, a couple of people would say that and they're like, oh, or even honestly, just the mere thing. Like, and I know people mean well by this statement too, like, oh, he's in a better place. But I remember that was such a challenge for me too because as far as I know, my brother wasn't a Christian. So it's also been this struggle of like, how do I reconcile this good God with mm-hmm. a God who like might be punishing my brother wherever right now? Like there was just so much to, to, yeah, to unravel about it. But I will say it's still truly been a comfort. Like something I realized like after I passed away was nothing in life is stable. Like <laughs> I was just like, the only thing that's stable right now is God. And I'm going to hold on to God. Cause like everything just felt like everything ends, everything like dies like our world will decay yeah so the only thing that felt stable was god yes. and honestly that was so that was truly a comfort and yeah um let me see what other question what didn't help you during your grief or what are some oh, things like gosh. That? <laughs> i think you've touched on that yeah. uh yeah do you want to go first on this one um or yeah, expand sure. on what you were sharing yeah sure i guess um yeah, so I already mentioned like some things that people like, oh, sorry, I just remembered something. Something else that super helped actually was I found a lot of Instagram pages that are actually dedicated mm-hmm. to grief. And like, honestly, right now I follow like 10 and it was just really nice. I honestly, there's just so, so much. I didn't realize that this was a whole expansive, like, yeah, network, I guess. But yeah, I can like link some of the like Instagram pages that I absolutely love like into the show notes or whatever this thing is called. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just nice having some of the emotions that I felt or some of the things that I was experiencing. It was just nice to see that like, oh yeah, other people are also feeling this too. Or like, I'm not crazy for feeling this way or this is a normal emotion. Like even what I mentioned about anxiety, initially I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why am I feeling this anxious? But then I would see it like, oh, this person also is experiencing this. Yeah, it was really awesome. So I do recommend like, yeah, Instagram pages. At least they helped me. Um, but yeah, I already said some things that didn't help me. Just a few things that people would say like here and there that was like, okay, maybe don't say that. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I remember someone said to me that like grief doesn't make you unique. Like everybody goes through grief. And I also, I'm literally vomiting yeah, in my brain <laughs> exactly. right now. And I understood like, you How know, dare I'm you? like, yes. I'm like, you know what? I want, I believe that you met this well, but I really do think like everybody. Did someone grief, actually say that to you? Yeah. I really do think that everybody's grief is so unique. Let me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. everybody's grief is so so unique like I I truly cannot like understand like I remember even there was this lady I used to follow like I started following her like about a year before my brother passed away on Instagram and her husband passed away from suicide and I remember being so empathetic like wow but when my brother passed away I realized I actually understand I didn't I didn't get it at all like <laughs> I did not understand one bit like and there's just so much like I'll never understand what it feels like to lose a dad who like and like for you to progressively watch him like get worse or like it, there's just so many layers like your relationship with the person even between my family members right now like my brother has a different experience his grief is going to be different than mine mm-hmm. like everybody's grief is so unique whether it's like a universal like everybody experiences grief at one point yeah it's still unique yeah, yeah. so that was like one of the things um i think something that i guess this is slightly on things you can like help to support like i don't know things you could do to help support someone is I feel like at the beginning, at least in my experience, people are very like, oh yeah, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry for your loss. But then it progressively gets, of course, like less and less and then people stop checking in. But I actually really think 
like the longer people, like, of course, checking in the beginning for sure, but continue to check in, I think is really, really important. Like it's easier said than done, of course, but honestly, like you could even automate a text, like one day every like month or something you could check in. Cause like you said, Tabitha, there will be a lot of firsts. There are a lot of firsts. Like I remember my brother's first birthday, the first Mm -hmm. Christmas without him. There's just so many moments or even like happy moments, like when I got into grad school, I remember one of the first things I thought of was, wow, I'll never get to share this with my brother. Like he, I just will never be able to call him and tell him, hey, I got into grad school. Like we worked towards this goal. Like you were, you know, you were excited for me, but I won't be able to share this moment with you. So that's something that I guess this goes into like how you can support people is I think people should really keep checking in. If you have to automate text, automate Uber Eats deliveries, automate flowers. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so many ways in our technology world. Honestly, you could like, yeah, however you need to do it. I think you should keep checking in. Yeah. Um, what else is, let me see. Yeah, I feel like I, oh, something else, which I know people also mean well by this is something, it at least didn't really help me was when people would say like, let me know if you need anything or mm-hmm. let me know if you need help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just too hard. Like, I feel like, especially like in those beginning moments, maybe it's just me, but- You I, don't know I, what you need. Yeah, exact, exactly. I do not know what I need. Like, I, I wish you could tell me what I need actually. And something you also actually, Tabitha, you did really well was in the beginning, I remember the first day, like- <laughs> you just like showed up with like food, blankets and like snacks. I was like, oh, okay. I guess tap that's at the door now. But it really helped because I was like, if you had asked me, sweet, do you need anything? Do you need snacks? I probably would have said, no, never mind or something. But like you just like showed up. <laughs> so yeah, I think that really, really helped. Just like, or even give the person an option. Just say like, I'm bringing soup and I'm bringing this. If you do not want it, reply no. If not, I am coming or something like that. Like just, yeah, I don't know. Those are my thoughts at least. Yeah. <sighs> Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's that, um, it's hard to be something I feel like I've am realizing and have realized that it's hard to be friends to people who are grieving, Mm -hmm. but we need you. Yeah. We really do. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when I first got back, uh, after my dad's funeral, um, and there was a line of people at first to set ready to give me hugs Mm -hmm. and check in. It was very meaningful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there was um, there was a woman at First SF, uh, Pastor David's wife, Susan. Mm. Uh, I shared with her. I said, you know, Susan, when the hugs stop, can you please mm. keep hugging me after? Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. Um, and she has. Mm, that's <laughs> um, but, but the flowers die that mm-hmm. people send and the food gets eaten. Yeah. And, you know, grass gets planted on a burial plot and it mm-hmm. regrows and time goes by. And it is hard because people, there is an expectation that you're just okay now. Yeah. And when you were saying to me that um, there's, there's, I'm, I'm not back to who I was. I will never, yeah. I will never be who I mm-hmm. was. And, and that's going to be okay. Like I have to keep moving forward um, even in that. And the people, there's an, ex, yeah, I will never be the same person. There is a clear demarcation of mm-hmm. before and after. Yeah. Um, Tim Keller uh, shared this in one of his sermons of um, death is that one constant uh, that we will all share, whether we um, live, uh, whether we are the ones who pass away um, and the other people around us will be grieving our loss or we live long enough to have to say goodbye to everyone in Mm -hmm. our lives. Like there's this, it's a very big equalizer. (laughs) We will all face uh, death. And so, um, that realizing that has been 
helpful. Like you were sharing about when you see other people on the street and like, man, maybe you've just had the worst day Mm -hmm. of your life. Um, And yeah, it, it really felt really weird the days, weeks after my dad's passing to to exist. Yeah, I fully, I fully agree. <laughs> yeah, it was so yeah. trippy. Like yes. I remember being at the DMV, I think, with my mom and sister mm-hmm. uh, a few days after, because life still has to happen. Mm-hmm. And there was this woman walking by and I was like, look at her legs working. My dad's legs did not work <laughs> yeah. that well. And now he's wow. dead. Oh, man. <laughs> and I remember getting emails from my, um, my, the, the, my landlord, um, the like corporate community, whatever was sending me like, please give us your parking space number. We're updating our oh system. <laughs> and I was like, my dad died. I don't care. <laughs> yes. I don't care. Why don't, why, do, why don't you care that yes. my dad? And so I remember getting on the phone oh with her gosh. and I was just like, why is, why is business still happening? Yeah. That was literally me. And, I'm like, why is everybody just smiling? Like my world is what? not. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and but I, I agree. I think like it, it, I think it is hard to be friends to grieving people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also filled me with compassion mm-hmm. for people oh, who, yeah. and really as relationships change, I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we've talked about this yeah. to me, that I feel like some friendships change after mm-hmm. grief. Some get deeper, some get weirder, some <laughs> get tested in new ways. I feel like you see, yeah, I think I also agree that don't tell people necessarily like, uh, let me know if you need anything. Mm-hmm. I understand that comes from a good yeah. place. And I know I've mm-hmm. also said that. So I'm saying this mm-hmm. with a lot of compassion yeah. and grace, but it's not really helpful because mm-hmm. we're already making decisions such as I'm deciding to get out of bed this morning mm-hmm. and I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. Those are the decisions I can handle right now. I don't want to decide to come al- to yeah. inf- inf- inform you, instruct you how to help me because mm-hmm. nothing I think is going to be helpful right now. Yeah. So um, and I say that with a lot of grace and That's compassion because mm-hmm. uh, I, I know it comes from a really good place. Um, but I think there's a collective learning maybe we can do and mm-hmm. say, like, we, I love the, the example you shared to me. Like, can I do this or this? Would mm-hmm. this be helpful? What would not be helpful? Yeah. Um, giving me maybe something I can control or mm-hmm. answer to and engage with. Um, uh, something that was actually helpful um, is people coming alongside me in mm-hmm my grief and sharing from their own experiences as well and speaking truth to me when I did not want to hear it or I didn't think Mm -hmm. I could hear it and I felt too broken to even be able to perceive and understand what they were saying those seeds of truth really anchored Mm me and I a lot of times did not want to hear it people and it wasn't these like oh, it's going to be okay. It's in a mm-hmm. better place. No, it was like people choosing to sit down with me, whether they were, you know, and just acknowledge the awfulness mm-hmm. of what has happened. Yeah, That was really valuable. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like really acknowledge it, not make me feel better, mm-hmm. not tell me it's going to be okay, but like, oh, this is a really awful thing that has mm-hmm. happened. And there's brokenness and death and it wasn't meant to be that way. And this is really hard. And that, I already know I have the permission to feel sad, but it was so meaningful Mm -hmm. that that was how people chose to come alongside me. And so if you have the opportunity to come alongside someone in your life um, who's grieving, um, do it. Mm -hmm. It Really, really do it. Um, And uh, I feel like God (laughs) is really gracious uh, in it. So yeah, you might not say the right things and that's Mm -hmm. okay. And I think that's probably something we all feel bad about. It's like, oh, I'm not going to say the right thing. That was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, 
something, what else hasn't been helpful? I think what hasn't been helpful that makes me a little bit sad is that there are people who I probably expected to hear from Mm -hmm. and I didn't hear from. Did you feel that way? I did too. And it was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to be grace, gracious. Yeah. I think it is. It does come from people not knowing yeah. what to say. But honestly, I think anything is better than anything nothing. is. Yeah, yeah just mm-hmm. like a, a, yeah, anything is better than nothing. And from the Christian perspective, the Christian lens, um, we are a family. We're a body, and when one part of the body is aching, you mm-hmm. tend to it. And so, I really think there's a responsibility for us as a. A, a, a family of believers to care for each other that way. And this is one of just the most practical ways, whether it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, a text of, I see your grief and mm-hmm. that matters. And that means so much. And um, I didn't have the same work experience that you did mm-hmm. where um, the support, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? It was, it's actually, it was kind of painful mm-hmm. um, where I was like, okay, I, it's business as usual. And um, I actually flew back the morning. The morning I flew back, I went straight to the lab. And people were like, why are you here? And I was like, well, this is something I can control. Mm-hmm. There are things I need to do. Yeah. Um, and so there were people who were supportive, but it wasn't like a, a general acknowledgement of this mm-hmm. really big trauma that I had just gone through. And so that was kind of shocking to me that why isn't the world crumbling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that wasn't necessarily the most helpful. I mean, it's I'm kind of ambivalent about it, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah. Uh, what else wasn't helpful? Um, I think, Sumi, you mentioned uh, relationships change. Like, um, life restarts. Mm. You adjust. We talk about change, and some people chase change. Some people run away from change. Um, and this is a change you didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an adjustment period. I feel like with change, there's adjustment. Um And relationships do change. Like, obviously, my dad is now not here. Uh, but um, my relationship with my siblings have changed and my relationships with my mom have changed. Like my mom is a widow. She is a single woman, which Mm is wild to me. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Honestly, so weird to me, Um, but she is. And it's just, um, yeah, it it was, it's pretty wild. So my relationship with her has changed Mm -hmm. and maybe how I comfort her and how I even navigate certain conversations and, uh, relationship with siblings have changed mm-hmm. too. Um, and so I think be really patient. Um, mm-hmm. Anger is not helpful. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's room for anger, righteous anger, obviously. And anger is a natural. And so I don't want to tell people don't be angry, but it's, mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes anger can be directed in an unhealthy ways. And I think I've seen that. And it's just, it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Betterness is not better. And so... Uh, you can't go back and change the past. It just robs you of your future. And so um, that's some things I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, I really echo a lot what you said to me. Check in on your people. Yeah. <laughs> a year or two, whatever. Just, yeah. you know, you're like, if someone loses a leg, um, the you know, it might have been 10 years ago, but yeah, the leg is still exactly. gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah. Yeah, and sometimes when I feel like I'm doing better, um, mm. in the sense of oh, I don't know, better is a weird way. It's right mm-hmm. to me. Like, what is even better? Um, but I maybe get what you're saying. Like, you know less what I mean. Cry, less like, is that what you mean? Like, less- not even less cry, but mm. less like uh, defeated. Mm. Um, and you know, Scripture says, "Death, where is your sting?" Mm. And initially, I was like, I feel very stung. Oh yeah, me too. That song irritated me. I'm like. 
I feel it's the, I, the death is stinging. It's, <laughs> ouch! It yes. hurts. Yeah, and so like I I I read that I see that I was like it is I don't think is it I don't feel it you know and it's there's this um, something that doesn't that's not helpful. I think we've been talking about a lot of what people can do for us, but I think mm-hmm. what maybe what we can do for ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Something that is not helpful is to completely isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, let me let me let me nuance this. Um, I do feel like grief has been an opportunity to filter out some things in my life. I'm like, okay, that's not a thing I want to keep doing. What my what's let me analyze and think deeper about my motivation of doing this thing, maybe this ministry I'm part of, or maybe how should I approach this uh opportunity here? So it's been a it's been good, but I I for me, and I speak personally, um, there have been days where I just want to hide under my pillow and just mm-hmm. exist there. And so um yeah, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, I want to say that nuance because I think I'm not criticizing when people step away from things because I know I have done that too. Mm-hmm. But I also am, am preaching to myself in this that um, come back, but come back in a way that's um, with a desire of, I don't know, health, I think being mm-hmm. at the core of it yeah. and maybe balance and maybe, yeah. And so I think stepping back has been really good for me in some ways where mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let me, take a beat, let me work on this, let me acknowledge the big the big thing that has happened. And so when you're talking about not going to choir for a while, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or certain things or not. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, for YP, I uh, communicated to um, the YP leadership team, Clark, Isaac, and Sumi, that, hey, I am going to take a backseat for mm-hmm. a while because I cannot be leading from the front for a few mm-hmm. months. And so, yeah, I've come back and, and you know, done various things. And my first first time I led YP was a really big emotional one for me. Mm-hmm. Also because I signed up for the wrong psalm and it was about <laughs> lament. And I was like, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> that was oh a little gosh. too real right now. Uh, so maybe don't recommend that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't lead. <laughs> don't teach on lament three months after your, your father passed away. Uh, <laughs> We're laughing, guys, but it was a week of a lot of tears. I was like, stop it. It's, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I totally answer your question, but there are things yeah. not to do, but there's a lot to do as well. Yeah. There's work to be done. Like <laughs> it's, done. yeah, like it's, we're still like yeah. eternal beings. Our souls go on. And mm-hmm. so work doesn't stop. Um, and there's, I'm not saying that with the pressure, I'm saying that with the law, there's a lot of hope in that. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of things you said that I just wanted to also I just remembered something. Um, first of all, like one of one of the other reasons why I don't love the whole like, oh, all things work together for your good is even aside from just like yeah, even aside from just the regular like that I don't yeah, I don't know how to feel about that statement, like when you use it immediately after grief. I think something else is a lot of people really try to get me to focus on like, oh, but this would grow you spiritually, or like this would like oh. but the problem with that was I I just I was like, what about my brother? Like mm. where is he like why is it only my growth? Like I don't think his his life was in like I don't want to sacrifice his life for my growth spiritually. Mm. Like God could have used many ways to grow me. Like I I just felt I just felt really selfish if like I was trying to adopt this mindset of, well, he died, but at least I get to grow spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also one of the reasons why I don't love the whole, like all those like Christians say is that like, oh yeah, but you know, you will grow spiritually from this. That was something else. But also something that you said, which is so, so true that I just, I fully never thought about when I saw people grieving was 
I guess there are these aftershocks is what I'll call them from Ooh, grief. Yeah, it's like very helpful. Like word. what you said about like family relationships change. Like it's it's just so many things. Like so many things in life change. Like relationships change. And the one that I think of clearly as well is family. Like my family dynamic has like upended itself. <laughs> like mm. everything is so so different. Like my mom's like the way she relates to us is so different mm. she is a lot more anxious as well my brother he is also grieving and he has done it in a different way to where like so so much has changed like mm. to where i'm like that's also another reason why i really think you should continue to check in with people because many of these aftershocks will also continue yes. to like happen yeah so like people still need you like after like Yes. Anyways, so there's that too. But I also remember two things that like what you said about community coming alongside you. Yeah, I really don't want to bash on like community <laughs> as a whole because people have people have been so kind. Like <laughs> I am not entitled to anyone like being nice to me or like caring so yeah, I just don't I don't want to, it to sound like I'm so entitled to people like coming alongside me because it is really sweet of them and it's kind. You are not anti people, Sumi. I'm not what you're not anti people. Yes, I'm I try not you. to you're be, thank not, you. Yeah. <laughs> So I still want to like appreciate, like, I remember what you said. I think the reason why people don't always say things, myself included, like showing up for people emotionally is really hard is because you don't want to say the, say the wrong things. But I remember the, one of the things that my friend Peter, like, I would never forget it because he just texted me that day when he found us and he was like, Sumi, I don't even know what to say at this point, but I just want you to know that I am crying here with you. Like, no one should have to go through this. And just even hearing him say like he was crying with me, it felt like, wow, someone else, someone else feels how feels. hard this, like someone else feels the gravity of this and is actually like weeping alongside me. Like not just, you know, meta, not just like, it literally, they are weeping alongside me and it felt so, so beautiful. But also another moment that I will always remember was during one of, when I finally decided to come back to choir, it was Wednesday and we're practicing and I'm not kidding. I could not see the words on the screen because I was just weeping. Like mm. I was just at the front, like crying. <laughs> and then I was in between Liza and Gwen. And both of them just kept like looking at me like, what is happening? Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then that same evening, like I didn't even know that they fully noticed because like I was still trying to like part my eyes. But of yeah. course I was like, <laughs> it was still so, uh. yeah, exactly. Like I think it was just the words of the song because, you know, it's like the goodness of God, like right. all these things. I'm just like, or oh, his mercy is more, I don't know, so many of these. Maybe we should sit next each other in choir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all of these hard hitting songs. And that same night, like Liza emailed me and it was just the sweetest email yeah. in the world. Like, hello, Liza, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. And it was just the sweetest email in the world. And she was just like sharing her experiences and just different things. And I was just like, wow, I really needed this. Yeah. And the one year anniversary of my brother's death, I remember I went back to that email again because that's how much it hits me. Like I went back to that email and I reread it to remind myself of like all the truths that she like mentioned in that email, just her like, just all the comfort that she had in it. And I replied again. Like, Did you? Yeah. And I was like, Liza, it's already been one year, but I still think about this email. Like, thank you so, so, so much for this email. That's yeah. Okay. It was such, such a comfort too. There's that, yeah, that you could do as well. Um, yeah, Liza, you are fantastic if you're listening. Yeah. Liza mm -hmm. was also a really great, um, yeah, just relationship that she shared, has shared so much from her own experience. Mm -hmm. And um, seeing someone see my grief yeah. has been, it's really healing. It's very comforting and like take comfort from scripture that says, you know, you will comfort others the way mm -hmm. you've also, and that you've also yeah. been comforted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I will be comforted. There's a hope in that. Even if I'm mm -hmm. not feeling comfort right mm -hmm. now, seeing other people have gone through loss mm -hmm. and be able to comfort you from that, uh, from that uh, position 
is really powerful. So like if you've gone through something and you can yeah, reach help, out yeah. that way mm-hmm. in the what well, you were sharing true. about your friend, like I'm crying too. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what to say. Yeah. But my heart mm-hmm. breaks for you. Yeah. Is pretty powerful. Beautiful. Um yeah. hmm. I guess <laughs> we could yeah, like wrap up with like Two more questions. This one we might we already touched on it a little bit, I guess, is what's something that you're still like working through in your grief, I guess? So like what are some questions that you might be, I don't know, whatever however you want to interpret that question. Yeah. Okay. Uh things I'm still working through. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um four months in. And so I've mentioned before there's a lot of firsts. Mm. And so uh, that's definitely something I'm just Mm -hmm. very practically working through. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, something I'm still kind of working through in that category is that I, (laughs) like sometimes a memory will come up Mm -hmm. in my Google photos or Apple photos and it's of my dad. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but iPhone just has the worst like timing. Timing. I'm just like, why are you showing me a memory bank of all my brother's pictures? Like today... I, I don't have of it all days. Me. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I um yeah, so I, I'll share a story that happened mm-hmm. to me this past week. So uh I was listening to different uh um voice memos that I have in my mm-hmm. phone and audio bits and I listened to I was not looking for this at all and I was scroll I was listening to trying to find one in particular and um I ended up listening to a voicemail my dad left mm-hmm. me like 10 years ago, guys. And this was like very short, like eight seconds, but it was like, hi. And it was when I was doing an internship out here in California. And um, he had just called from work to say, hello, how are you doing? How is California? Love you. And that was it. And I listened to it and I just collapsed. I mean, Mm -hmm. emotionally. And my heart was just like, whoa. Um, And um, I, like sometimes... Yeah, I just like wake up in the morning and I was like, I am a fatherless daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so like that's something I'm definitely still grappling with. And, uh, you know, you said uh, the aftershocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, we. I felt really numb the first mm-hmm. days uh, after uh, my dad passed. And definitely what kept me going, kept us going, was just speaking truth over the situation. And mm-hmm. um I didn't start share this earlier, but my dad was a believer. And so we have a lot, I have a lot of mm-hmm. comfort from that. And I am, yeah, I have a lot, we have a lot of comfort for that. And, and it breaks my heart that, you, yeah, it breaks my heart, Sumi. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it breaks my heart for you, Sumi. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because definitely um, that did bring a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. Like I remember going to the funeral, um, memorial chapel and like we knew our, our, our dad's body was mm. there and um like as we were going into it like dread, having dreaded this moment now for years mm. and for our entire lives if we're being honest right as a child you're always like afraid that at some point your parents might <laughs> pass away and they will mm. um but I remember walking in and like dad's not here mm. this is just a shell like he's not here and so um that's something I yeah but let me come back, coming back to the question. Um, yeah, I'm still working through those aftershocks mm. that it catches me off guard. Like I'll be sitting at the lab bench at work and I'm just 
you know, typing away happily, whatever. And it's, I just get caught by this wave of emotion and remembering all that's happened. And uh, so this past week, my car was getting serviced and had a lot of work that needed to get done. And um, so I didn't have a car for most of this week. And uh, something that I always talked about with my dad was my car. Mm. <laughs> and whenever we would talk, like even before a stroke, but afterwards too, like that was something we'd always relate Aww. about. He'd ask like, how's the car running? Aww. How many miles do you have on it now? And we'd talk car things. Mm. And like I would talk to him about like, oh, I just took it to the shop and they changed mm. my tires. I did an alignment. Like it has this weird dad, like sound dad. Aww. What do I do about this? <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so he'd always like give me advice. And, um, and so I was driving home and I was like, oh, I got my car service dad. Mm. I was like, just thinking about it. I'm like, and I can't tell you. Mm. And I haven't done this where like I talked to my dad for yeah. person, but I was like, oh yeah, dad, I got my car service. And so I started like, you know, crying a little bit and saying, that's something I'm not mm. going to be able to share with you anymore. And so, um, that's, yeah, I don't know if that's, if I can totally categorize what I'm still working on there, but mm. yeah, the first, yeah. that's something I'm mm -hmm. very much vividly in. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I think also creating space for my own grief in my life. I think, um, I feel like I am taking an editor's position to my life now, mm -hmm. how I fill my time. Um, what do I allow to take occupancy in my life? Um, maybe relationships that aren't healthy that I haven't addressed. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like there's been an ownership that I've taken, like an ownership seat in my life that I've taken that maybe I haven't been as proactive before in certain mm -hmm. things. And um and that's what I said, like, because of this big grief, I'm able to look at the other griefs in my life. Is that a word? Uh, <laughs> I think grieves, so. <laughs> I don't know. All the other pain. Yeah. And so something that uh, I've been thinking about is, um, I was listening to a podcast recently mm -hmm. talking about, um, uh, uh, oh, what is the podcast called? Um, nothing is, what is it called? Nothing is, um, I don't know. It'll come to mm -hmm. me. Um, but it's this idea that nothing is um, uh, lost. Like it's nothing, nothing's for the sake of nothing. Like mm -hmm. there is purpose to the pain. Mm -hmm. And this idea that passion and pain are connected. Mm -hmm. And we look at people who are passionate about something and there's a, a, a seed of pain mm -hmm. that comes from it. So it's not just growth for growth's sake. And it's more of a, how can I channel this in a way that is healthy, glorifies God, is eternally perspective and focused on the kingdom um, and so like we look at and even in the secular world, like someone loses a family member to cancer, for example, mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. start a non-for-profit mm -hmm. cancer support system, right? There is pain point and they start it. They have this passion that's coming out of this point of pain. And, um, you know, we talk about um, like, you know, different, like, Whatever it might be, we can look at it. And, for, and I thought about myself is that when I came to San Francisco, I was really, really lonely, really aware of the need for community, but really I felt like San Francisco is a beautiful place. And I felt like in this beautiful place, I felt so unknown. And so how did I, what, what, what did it came out of that? And I became really passionate about uh, young adults, Christian young adults doing life mm -hmm. together. And then I was able to go into YP leadership somehow by accident. And, and that's something I've been really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it came out of this pain of loneliness. And so I've been thinking about that. I'm like, God, like, mm -hmm. show me, show mm -hmm. up and show me how not to redeem this pain 
and give it meaning, but maybe actually redeem this pain and give it meaning that it doesn't just end with an ache, but it goes on to blossom mm-hmm. into mis- like a ministry or maybe even if it's like, for example, you were sharing about people in church comforting you because they've also been comforted. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the point, but these are the kind of questions mm-hmm. I've been asking. Uh, but on the daily, um, when the ache, when the aftershocks come to my mind and happen, I like soothe myself, <laughs> comfort myself with, okay, God, just going back to really big basics. God, you're good. This is not good, but you are good. Mm-hmm. And um, preaching to myself what I know is true. So that's, if you see me, <laughs> that is probably what I had to do that morning. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I, I, I am, yeah, I'm eager that in this pain um, to maybe challenge the status quo of things that have been unhealthy in my life, Mm -hmm. in my family dynamic, in just things that I've maybe settled for for less. And um, yeah, and I, like I've been thinking about legacy a lot, Mm. Um, you know, and I wonder if you've thought that about your brother too. Like Mm. I think with regards to my, my, parents like my dad like we always think about legacy like the people who will come after mm-hmm. and then I thought about the people I'm coming I've come after so many generations right mm-hmm. and I don't know my great 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 grandfather's name at all well, that's true. you know it's mm-hmm. like I don't sit here at night and mourn the loss <laughs> of my great 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 grandfather <laughs> I don't and it's it's <laughs> you know and I'm sure his children did mourn the mm-hmm. loss of him yeah and here I am mourning the loss of my father and um just like recognizing that death was never part of the design has mm-hmm. been a big comfort. Um, so that's something, yeah, I think what I'm working on, I feel like I've lost maybe the scope of your initial <laughs> <It's> question. <okay. laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, well, actually, can you reread it again? Just oh, so I said I, things they are working through. In yeah. Many, but yeah. Well, okay, however. so I actually am answering yeah. the question. Uh, but yeah, I've been thinking about legacy and that, that my great, my children, if I have kids one day, their great, their kids won't necessarily remember me or my great, great, great grandchildren. But it's brought maybe an urgency to my life right now that, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, I'm not living for fame and for my name to be um, immortalized on this earth. But yeah. I want my work and my life, if, even if my name is not known, but my work in my life to be about Christ. Mm-hmm. How can I do that in small ways and being faithful, maybe even in big ways? And so pain is clarifying. Pain is very, very clarifying. It filters out maybe what's not important, and it really brings to light some things that are important. Um and I don't say that from a judgmental perspective of saying that's not important and now your grief is shining, you know, showing you that. Mm-hmm. But it's more of like maybe the internal work that I'm personally doing of, okay, this is something you thought was really important. Maybe it's not as important. Why are you mm-hmm. holding so tightly to it, Tabitha? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of, that's where I am right now. Looking at my life, looking at what I've held really tightly onto and what do I need to let go of and yield to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That word has been in my mind a lot. What am I, how am I yielding to God? And um, am I going to, yeah, yeah. And it's so much of life is trying to run away from pain and, and discomfort. And I'm like, no, God, there's, you say there's more and I believe you, please show me more. So that's where I am right now. Yeah, I definitely resonate with a lot of what you said. Um, I'm so glad we're doing this together. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I definitely, re- yeah, I I really am wrestling with all of the aftershock. Like, yeah, there's just so much <laughs> my family that I'm still trying to like work out and it's just, yeah, hard. So there's definitely that. 
Um, what else? I had a thought and now it's flown the coop. <laughs> <laughs> How dare it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's definitely that. And even like, yeah, like what you said, for me right now, like, um, I had someone say, I it was one of those Instagram pages where I follow. I can't remember the way she described it, but she's like, there are some days where like your grief is like this massive slab on your chest. And there are some mm. days where it's like this hum that like just permeates through your day. But it's still there. It's still there. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like lately I've had a lot more of those hums like hummy days I, get, I don't know what's called this, but yeah but there are still occasional slab days that of course I'm still like working through like I remember like <coughs> last week I, I had a dream about my brother and in mm. the dream I was crying and I woke up crying and I was like that's it first I didn't know you could even wake up like my eyes weren't open but I was crying before my eyes were open wow. yeah so it was just so interesting yeah so there are still of course those days that I'm still trying to work through um the slab days. The slab days, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I need a pin that's like, today's a slab day, leave me alone. Honestly, like, yeah. can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, you said on the slab days you have to work through. Mm. What does that look like? Mm. What do you, how, what do you work through? What? That's a good question. And you don't have to answer. Oh yeah, no, I'm just trying to, I feel like. A newbie here. I'm a newbie. <laughs> so. Yeah, honestly, I feel like those days you just like, because life, like, like, life, like we said, yeah. goes on sadly. So I'm just like still going to work. My heart is still hurting. Yeah. Hopefully, one of those days I can like talk to someone about it, which is also why something I didn't mention, or like, even apart from people just like asking you, this is slightly related, but not exactly. But even apart from people asking you how you are doing, I honestly love when people ask me about my brother as well. Mm. Like, who was he? Like, like who is he just it's just such a beautiful because sometimes all I just want to do is talk about my brother I'm like you know I just want to tell you about who he is I want to tell you about his favorite things I want to tell you about like what he taught me things like that mm-hmm. so it's just if I like have those moments like sometimes I do reach out to friends I'm like you know today can I just tell you about like my brother like can I just tell you about or I just find a way to incorporate it into the conversation like oh yeah my brother taught me this or oh mm-hmm. yeah I learned this but honestly most of these days I'm just like powering through and hoping that <laughs> eventually I'll feel a lot better. Yeah, mm. it's not the best, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I like see. that though. Kind yeah. of sharing, celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That so, was actually. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you. I was going. That was something that my therapist actually recommended. She was like, "Sumi, like, talk to." I remember I even told her like, "Oh, I can talk to Pastor Ben about this." She's like, "No, no, no. Talk to your friends about mm-hmm. like, tell your friends." But it's always hard because I'm like, I don't really don't want to dominate the conversation. I make it all about me, 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 my grief, my person. Like, but she was like, "Yeah, it's really important that you like, you share about your person, share about your grief. Like, talk to people around you about it. Like, talk to friends. Yeah, things like that." So. I remember those first few weeks when you were uh, staying over. Um, I you shared certain things with me that were really heartwarming mm-hmm. about your brother. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. And I, I feel like it painted a whole new light for me for what does it mean to celebrate a life? Mm-hmm. And a lot of end of life services are called celebrations of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. no one's partying. Here, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but like kind uh-huh. of the, the deeper of that mm. is celebrating what they yeah. meant, like mm-hmm. what they meant to you. And so like you, I think you were sharing about like music things and about mm-hmm. how he like would braid your hair. You were doing yeah. your hair one day mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, my brother would do this with yeah. me. And so I went in the bathroom and cried. I was oh. like, <laughs> thank you for remembering. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, what else? Slightly related to what you said, but the legacy thing, but I guess kind of, I don't know if this is fully what you meant, but I have really been thinking on like, I don't know if I should call them grief traditions or just ways to continue mm. to honor my brother. Like they're just, I want to, I want to have him like, I don't want to 
one of my biggest fears was like, I'll forget him. I'll forget his voice. I'll forget mm-hmm. like his... So I just want to have him like, however I can continue to honor him. I want my like, if I have kids, I want my kids to know about him. Like he he will forever be a part of my life and just figuring out like, how can I continue to honor my brother yeah. in my life? And yeah, so that's one thing. And of course I mentioned the point of, as far as I know, my brother wasn't a Christian and you know, in Christian Christian dumb, I guess it's so easy, at least before, for me to just be like heaven, hell, you here, and I'm just like. But now it's just become so much more real for me to where it's like, wow, like it's not just heaven, hell, everybody go. Like it's like these these are real people. These are like, mm, like real souls, real souls. Yeah, so it is really like just wrestling with these questions again. Like, how does even all of this work? Like, of course, whatever the Bible says will go, but still just like trying to learn. Like, how does this all work? Things like that. This is not related, but slightly related as well was something I have like, I, you know how people say live in the moment. I actually strongly disagree. Like, cause people always mm. say it in things where they're like, oh, don't take a picture of this concert. Like live in the moment. And there's nothing I hate more. One of my greatest regrets right now is that I don't have pictures with my brother. Like, I think I have like, I can I have like 10 maximum because I was always this, like, I just never really took pictures. Mm. I never took videos. We just like did things. And while I do love those moments, my memory, like, nobody's memory is like the memory of an iPhone that would forever be there. Like my memory, I forget things like, yeah, there's just so many things. Like I finally found one video and currently my only video of my brother's voice. And it truly like that one, that day when I found it, I broke down because I was like, wow. And it was the most random video. He was talking about his shoes. He was at my brother's wedding. And he was like, nice, the shoes look so good. And I'm just like, (laughs) but it's like my favorite (laughs) thing in the world. And yeah, I just wish I took more pictures. I wish I took more videos. I wish I had a lot of these moments. And partly a big part of it is because the past five years, I haven't seen him. Like Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know before I left for the US that that would be my last time seeing him face to face like you know so i wish i took more pictures and videos so if if you see me taking pictures and videos no this is why i will document everything <laughs> so yeah so those are my we have yeah do you have anything yeah no pictures mm-hmm. and videos are really meaningful mm-hmm. it's painful so yeah, painful true. it's really meaningful <laughs> yeah i have an album in my phone that's just pictures and videos of my dad Aww. and nights that Something I'm actively working on is resting mm. because I'm, I feel like right after my dad's passing, I slept a lot. Mm. Um, and now I'm in the other spectrum where I'm not sleeping a lot. Um, and so, um, but nights that are really hard, I will probably just look at videos mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. dad and pictures and just cry and weep and laugh yeah. and Probably journal. That's mm-hmm. a really good way to channel some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like, thank the Lord that He was mm-hmm. my dad. Yeah. And like, I'm sure you like, thank you God that you know this, He was my brother. Mm-hmm. And wondering how I can continue that legacy of like honoring my dad in that. And um, like at my dad's funeral, um, I got the chance to talk and. Um, Something I shared was like, hey, my dad, uh, like any other man on this earth, any other person on this earth uh, was a man with weaknesses. Mm. But, uh, and kind of just saying that, Mm -hmm. um, and yet I can look back and say, hey, your life was worth living. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and just celebrating that um, my my dad loved the Lord and Mm -hmm. I want to love the Lord too. And I do. And uh, yeah, like 
thing about foods my dad liked mm-hmm. and songs. Yeah. yeah. So, I also have a couple of those. Like I yeah. watch my, because yeah, sadly I don't have that many pictures of yeah. videos, but I do have things he enjoyed that I can enjoy too. Like, yeah. yeah, like I would watch some of the videos that we watched together, some yeah. of the TV shows that we yes. loved. Yeah, things like that yeah. as well. I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's like I can't maybe share a meal with my dad anymore, but I can mm-hmm. share a meal that we exactly. enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really, it's really special to kind of reflect on that. And I had a thought also <laughs> floated away. <laughs> um, there was something, something deeper there. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I still feel really grateful mm. that I got to be, you know, Tran Popovich's daughter, like that. He mm-hmm. was my dad and he's no longer here, but um, what an honor. Mm-hmm. And not a life lived perfectly, but mm. um, yeah, a lot to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a beautiful note to end on. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast and thank you, Tabitha, for sharing. And yeah, on this note, we will end this episode. See you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.